What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Shattering Superstructure. We have a short episode for you today with Yamari Hellander's Sisu. It's a film that speaks for itself with Tarantino, Scorsese-esque violence and a dark, gory humor a la Sam Raimi or Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's legendary Cornetto trilogy even. And it's a bloody good time. After all, who doesn't like seeing Nazis getting blown to smithereens? Uh, it hits theaters tomorrow, April 28th, nationwide. Hope you enjoy the episode, folks, and thanks, as always, for listening. All right. Hi, Yalmari. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, doing well. Uh, outstanding uh, movie. Just amazing. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I I absolutely loved every every aspect of it. So, what was the sort of inspiration and and uh, what went into the start of this project? Inspiration is there in the background. First Blood. Uh, it it affected me. Uh, a big time when when I was a kid and uh, actually planted the idea to my head that I want to do something like that someday. Mm. Uh, but the beginning of Sisu was uh, was first to have an idea. I wanted to tell a story about a about a man who finds a lot of gold in Lapland and gets in trouble with the gold, but I never. Um, I didn't uh, know what the trouble will be until many years later, I was thinking about the Nazis who burned down the whole Lapland and what if this guy with the gold uh, converts with, with the Nazi troops. And uh, at that moment, I knew that I have something pretty fucking cool in my hands and uh, that's where it started from. That's uh, that's awesome, and that's a great inspiration uh, for a movie. So, I think the the scenes are incredibly innovative, both in their action and just the beautiful uh, set pieces with the location in the background. Um, what went into filming some of the harder stunts and how did you accomplish this was did you want to do as many as much practical effects as you could or was it more you know if we have to do this with cgi we're going to do it of course i I wanted to use as much as practical effects as possible and uh, to me to get the best result you you most of the times need need the best of both worlds so it's it's sometimes practical effects can work so that you don't need to make them better in 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 vfx but but um, most of the times you need to somehow tweak it later on because you have that possibility but 
it doesn't work without having something real first. I think it's much easier to make it look better than and create it from from basically from nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I definitely agree with that. And you know, Oni uh, Tomila is someone you've worked with in I think almost all of your projects. Um, so how how did that creative collaboration come to be? We'll start with uh, go up the the bill. <laughs> yeah, only was probably five years old when I did my first commercial with him, mm -hmm. and uh, we made the first rare export short film when when he was probably six or something like that, and he mainly didn't even understand what we were doing, but he still was really good at it. I don't know why. Um, so. Finally, Onni is over 20 years old and he's playing a Nazi in this one. Uh, and I like to think that because Onni grew up, I, I could also go away from PG-13. So I, I can I can go R-rated now. And uh, I felt, felt really good with that. Interesting. And so then you get to to Yorma and, and he's, he's been in several if not all of your things as well um so uh, how did that come to be and and how did you pick him specifically for this role I didn't have any other choice uh and I still can't imagine anyone else being Artemis than Yorma uh Yorma was the first person I called when when I had the idea and and uh uh, he has something really amazing inside him, uh, how he can be in front of camera and look interesting, even even he he's not basically doing anything or not speaking anything. Uh, there is something about him that really, I don't know, he looks good and you can understand a lot of things from just looking at his face. Yeah, he he conveys so much beneath the surface. Um, you know, when there isn't dialogue in a scene, you're so right. He's so good at that. Did you have to do much direction, or is that all pretty much him interpreting the script? We have a close relationship, and we talk talk a lot. And I always talk during the shoot, also like giving him little things while we shoot because I know that we not going to be able to use the sound from where we were like a lot of wind and, and stuff like that uh, but we we have worked so much together that it, it all works really well yeah it seems like you've pretty much got it down to a science so um you know his his character is feared by the red army which is no small feat because I mean, mm -hmm. it was just fucking massive army, and then he's feared by the Nazis eventually. And so it's like, you know, who doesn't um, fear this guy? So I, I, I was kind of interested in a little bit about, you know, his history and how he came to become embattled with with these Russian soldiers. Um, I know that's sort of 
outside of the purview of the, the plot of the movie, but I was curious just from a geopolitical standpoint. Yeah, I, I like to think that Adam was in the war and he was pretty good, good at it. And at the same time, when Russians uh, invaded a part of Finland, uh, they burned down his house and killed his wife and children. And when Atomi found out what has happened, he basically lost everything. And uh, he started this huge vengeance against the Russian army and tried to kill as many as possible because he's, he didn't, he basically didn't care like if he's gonna live or die because he doesn't have anything anymore. But he somehow survived uh, and and really got tired of, of the war. He, of course, it didn't bring him any kind of pleasure or happiness, no matter how many Russians he would kill. And he decided to leave the war behind him and try to find a new, something new, like a new hope or, a, I don't know, a meaning of life in a way. But of course, the war can't. The war comes back to him, comes back to him, and and he has to, like, go to that dark place again. I love, <clears throat> I love that story and how intense it is. Um, so I, I guess my last question would be, what what do you have on the horizon? Uh, is there going to be a potential sequel to this? Maybe your own Rambo movie. Uh... <laughs> Starring Stallone, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, what do you have on the horizon that you're excited about? I have a, I have an idea of of doing another CISO movie. I'm not sure will we we ever make it, but I have an idea for it. Uh, I'm also writing a, a, a new action film. And uh, there are some interesting offers from uh, Hollywood also. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see what happens. Very cool. I'm excited to see what you cook up next. Uh, Yalmari, thank you so much for your time and, and uh, your generous answers. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. Take care. And that's a wrap on this episode with... Yamari Hellander and his movie Sisu, which hits theaters tomorrow, April 28th, nationwide. Go see it. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Of course, don't bring anyone underage into the theater because it's quite violent. But do it. See it this weekend. You won't regret it. It's awesome. And uh, thanks again for checking out this episode and listening to our conversation i know it was short but hopefully it was sweet and this is alex signing off